Sports Talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. Do it. And good morning to you out there on a rainy, dreary Saturday morning. But don't you worry. Once those clouds do indeed part, the rain goes away. We've got the most important weekend in the sports world in the South. Don't believe me. Look at the liner that we got on tap for you today. LSU-Bama, Georgia-Tennessee, Astros Game 6, Cajuns-Troy. Everything all around is absolutely important for one reason or another. It's a great sports weekend, of course. Appreciate you listening in to Under the Dome here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 104 One Lake Charles, however you're doing so. And if you want to give us a call, 337-706-0111. We've got a little bit of time here in this first hour. But in hour number two, we're booked up a little bit more with guests than usual. But again, it is a massive day in sports. And we'll explain why in just a moment. Because I think it's well past time to get down to brass tacks and talk about what is causing all this on a Louisiana Saturday morning? CB is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. Oh, testify! It's time for your Saturday sports sermon. It's been a little bit over five years since the ever-controversial World Series occurred where the Astros won their first ever but always is going to come with a massive blemish because of the fact of the sign-stealing scandal. Ever since it came to light, this franchise has been public enemy number one, and to a certain extent, it's justifiable. Yes, everybody in the league at one point, in terms of sign-stealing, has done something like this. The Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees teams back in the 50s and 60s did the same stuff with a little bit more different technology. But modern technology... Apparently, that's enough to get the book thrown at you. And I get that. But that's one of the many things that the Astros are going to try in silence. There are narratives left, right, in front of them, and behind them. They have had to deal with all season long. But I think now more than ever, now that they're in the World Series, they have to deal with quite a few. And I'll go ahead and break them down for you. The first one is that sign-stealing narrative. They have an opportunity tonight to squash that narrative by winning World Series in what the old-school baseball boomers would say is the right way. And yes, I think to a certain extent, even if they win this game tonight, the narrative will still be there that this team may have stolen signs because there are those fan bases that aren't going to go quietly into that good night when it comes to that conversation. They have to deal with that. They are pretty much the league's top heel in the game. And especially when they're playing a team that is very much the plucky underdog in the Philadelphia Phillies. Very similar to what happened with the Houston Astros about five years ago when they were in that same role. Yes, they were probably a little more favored than the Dodgers. But at the same time, when you are 
a team that a few years prior was losing 100 games. Yeah, we remember that time frame, losing 100 games in a season. You got to think turning that around and turning around, getting 100 wins very quickly after a couple years later, and more importantly, getting to the World Series, you are considered a plucky underdog. But now the Astros are the exact opposite, George Costanza style. And they have that stink on them. It's going gonna, it's gonna to stick with them for a long time. It's going to be a lot like when they get skunked while on a hunting trip. That stench never quite goes away. And it's going to carry to guys like Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa to a certain extent. There's a lot of guys where it won't just go away. I guarantee you. I've mentioned the baseball boomers earlier. The baseball boomers are the ones that are going to wind up hurting this these guys' reputations and probably keep them out of the gates of the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. A lot like the Boston Red Sox, the Astros have become what they hated to a certain extent, the prohibitive favorite, and also one of the most hated teams in all of Major League Baseball. Again, tonight they have a chance to silence or at least deafen that narrative once and for all when they beat the Philadelphia Phillies tonight. And the other big narrative of this team that they're dealing with is what the Braves have had to deal with back in the 90s. They had the four aces. They had everything going right for them. A absolutely loaded lineup from top to bottom and some of the best players of that particular decade that weren't playing for the New York Yankees because the Yankees obviously bought all their contracts. Different story for a different day. But you look at that. All those Braves did in the 90s was like DJ Khaled, they won. That's all they did. However, they always shrunk when the lights were the brightest. They only got one World Series title out of that absolute, like, dynasty-like team. The Astros, they've only won World, one World Series title in 2017, but a lot of people are going to say they didn't win that. And to a certain extent, the Braves and the Astros feel like the Buffalo Bills of baseball. Teams that can't quite get to that mountaintop, can't quite kind of unhook the title from the top of the ladder and get that belt, get that championship. Guess what? The Astros can do that again and have that opportunity to kind of squash that narrative of being a team that is the Braves of the 90s in 2022 when they face the Philadelphia Phillies later tonight in game six. Even if it goes to a game seven, I think they can still win it. That said, I'd much rather than them win this game in game six than game seven. You look at the history, you lose game six, the momentum clearly shifts into a different stratosphere, a different situation, if you will. And that's the big thing this team is going to have to deal with for a good while. The other thing that I'm thinking about in terms of a narrative they're going to try and squash has to be Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker has been a manager for a long, long time, has never been able to win the big one. The opposite of a guy like Bill Belichick having several opportunities to do so. Go back and look at that 2003 San Francisco Giants team that he managed with Big Head Barry and all the guys they had on that team how stacked they were, how much of a chance they had to win it all, but couldn't. Dusty Baker has to has that opportunity to just control that narrative 
and more importantly say hey i finally got one and i'd say honestly if excuse me 2002 was when that when they had the world series appearance 2002 but still he's never won a world series yet he has some of the most wins in the history of major league baseball a game that has been going on for about as long as dusty baker's been alive if not longer he has been in this situation many a time but never been able to close the deal if he can turn this thing around very quickly i would love to see it because the houston astros are a team that would be great to see him get it done and honestly i'd say if i'm dusty baker and i win the world series i'm calling it a career because what else is there left to do for a man that is 73 years old has seen it all done it all he's played in the league as a player as a head coach he's the oldest manager ever to reach the world series and it's not much more this man can do seriously that's where i'm at when it comes to dusty baker and his legacy he's going to be somebody that is going to go down in history as one of the best to ever do it and one of the best guys period to ever do it that's the biggest narrative that i want to see kind of squashed or changed or say hey he finally got one before he can hang it up because you got to love a guy like dusty baker who probably unlike a lot of coaches across major league baseball and across a lot of sports took on a team that had the worst stink on them imaginable and kept that ship rolling don't believe me look at what they've done this year everybody said carlos correa they got rid of him i say carlos who you've got jeremy pena who should be al rookie of the year but i understand julio rodriguez has had better stats overall but i think jeremy pena deserves that spot as the al rookie of the year not just because i placed money on him but because he's that damn good he damn near excelled to a point that no one saw coming he exceeded all of our expectations as a rookie you remember when the Astros bullpen was that reason they couldn't clack, crack that glass ceiling? This bullpen has studs in there. Montero is an absolute beast when he shows up. Ryan Presley, Hector Neris, all these guys. A lot of those questions heading into the season, they've been squashed. The, the base that we have here, they are changing. The narratives are switching over. And lo and behold, here we are in 2022. And the Astros have a chance to get at least one more championship out of this kind of sort of dynasty and two championships it's pretty doggone good especially in the modern age where you don't get to see a whole lot of back-to-backs in any sport except the nba but that's a different conversation everything is setting up for that second title and they have a chance to quiet a lot of those narratives that have been yelled from the mountaintop of old school baseball and i'll end this with in this sermon with only four words because honestly that's all i need in framber we trust all right it's under the dome with cd we'll go ahead and take a quick time out we'll get to the big game going on in baton rouge later on today lsu alabama give my thoughts of if brian kelly can get that signature win if you want to give us a call 337-706-0111 337-706-0111 
We'll be back after this. Hunter Bauer joined the program at the bottom of the hour. We'll be back to it next here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette at 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Appreciate you listening in however you're doing so. And hopefully you're going to make this Saturday a great one. Perfect way to kind of start your Saturday morning. Especially, I said it at the beginning of the show. This is without a doubt the most important day of sports in the South. The most pivotal. You've got LSU and Alabama competing pretty much for the SEC West Championship. You've got the Georgia Bulldogs and Tennessee Volunteers, both teams undefeated, which is crazy to think about, but they are competing for the SEC East. So after today, you will more likely than not know who is playing in the SEC Championship game. And more likely than not, who the two contenders are going to be to come out of the SEC Championship game and make it to the CFP. Now, obviously, whether or not the Ashley tigers win tonight or not it's a different conversation that's where i want to go to right now if you want to give us a call 337-706-0111 got hunter bauer coming on in about 10 minutes talking about what happened with week 10 of high school football and giving you an idea of what everything's going to look like with the postseason the brackets are dropping tomorrow and there's a lot of changes we'll give you an idea of what that looks like and more but when we talk about lsu all week long, I've been wondering aloud whether or not LSU can climb that mountain again. You think about it. LSU has won one game against Alabama since November 5th, 2011. That was 11 years ago. The game of the century that wound up being one of the more boring games. But still, if you love defensive ball games, this was your cup of tea and then some. And I've jumped around the idea of putting money on them, at least to cover the spread. And I wound up last night, and I'll talk about it more in my picks to click, but I'll go ahead and just let this cat out of the bag right now. I did put some money on LSU to cover that 13.5. I feel like this team at least has a chance to cover a 13.5 point spread. I'll give you some more thoughts on how this team looks and all that stuff at the top of the hour. But here we are. And I'm considering this team getting an outright upset. The last time I picked a team to go against Alabama and cover, they won. And that was Tennessee. And I had some confidence in them doing that. Maybe as much, not maybe not as much confidence, excuse me, as I do with this LSU team taking on Tennessee. I think in terms of a spread, 13.5 is a little too high. Because this is not an Alabama team that is Teflon Don by any means. The Tide are good. But they have that kind of fluky vibe to them in 2022. And that's weird to say about any Nick Saban team. But when you have them struggle on the field in Swampland, Austin, Texas, which was a big mistake to begin with, having that game play at 11 a.m. But the results they've had on the field, there's not a game that you can say where they have truly looked dominant against an opponent that is comparable. Vandy, ULM, that ain't it, Chief. Utah open of the season, that ain't it, Chief. Even the game against Mississippi State before the bye week, it was a blowout, but comparatively speaking to other years when, L when Alabama's played a team like Mississippi State, that's good, not great. 
probably a, a good Mississippi State team, 30-6. to six. Does that really make you think that LSU is going to get beat by two touchdowns? I don't necessarily think so. They barely beat A&M. And that A&M team is absolute middle of the road. They lost to Tennessee. And mind you, Tennessee, the hype is real on that team. Arkansas, if not for late touchdowns, Arkansas would have been a backdoor cover, baby. Like, I'm telling you, heading into the fourth quarter, Alabama definitely had their backs up against the wall, and Arkansas probably could have covered if not for a bad fourth quarter. So that alone makes me kind of wonder, can Alabama actually lose tonight against LSU? And I definitely think there's a good chance. Because while Alabama looks suspect in a lot of ball games, a lot like what I saw Thursday night with the Philadelphia Eagles against the Houston Texans, where that team struggled mightily at certain points in that contest to get things done against a far inferior team, this Alabama team has not necessarily looked as great as they all seem to be. Again, we talk about every year where they don't rebuild, they just reload. This team may be reloading in 2022, and 2023 could be that Saban is back. He's going to prove that he's your daddy type situation, which we talked about a lot when we bring up the Saban revenge tour. I don't think this is Saban revenge tour yet, but I think there's some positives to take away from it. You have the all the issues going on with Alabama where I just don't think they're that good. And you compare that, what we're seeing with LSU, it's nothing short of outstanding. Because they have looked more cohesive as the season has progressed. Special teams has gotten a little bit better. Jaden Daniels looks a lot more confident. And is really starting to use his dual threat ability to his and the team's advantage. It's a big plus for him. It's not like what we've seen in the past in that first game against Florida State where they absolutely were getting shellacked by the offense. The offensive line was on skates and you saw Jaden Daniels have a lot of happy feet. The entire game has been very much better for him. Am I saying it slowed down for him like Joe Burrow did in that 2019 to 2020 season that transition 2018 to 2019, excuse me? Not necessarily, but I think it's slowing down enough for him to where he is able to be in control. And yes, LSU lost to Tennessee in a bad way, 40-13, to 13, about a month ago. But again, it's Tennessee. The hype is real with this team. And the Florida State game, I think we can uh, kind of talk it away. And I hate to use a footism here, especially when it comes to this kind of conversation. But facts are facts. This very much, to a certain extent, felt like a preseason game. We hear Foot talk about it all the time with the Saints the first few weeks of the regular season, calling that preseason. It was a week one ball game where you had absolutely zero run-up while the other team had a game in them. A lot like what happened to start the 2021 season that began the downfall of one Ed Ogeron, which, mind you, felt inevitable, especially after the way 2020 ended with that absolutely terrible, horrible, no good, very bad season. And I think the biggest key for the Tigers, it's almost every year we talk about it being a situation where the Tigers have to 
get things done offensively and get it done in the trenches. I don't think this is that kind of year. I think they are going to have to get it done through the air. They're going to have to airmail a lot of this stuff. And it's going to be tough. I'm not going to lie. Especially when you realize that right now it is not monsoon, but it's wet enough to kind of get things going. But looking at the weather forecast right now, just based off a quick Google machine search, kickoff, 6% chance of rain. So I think there's a chance where things are going to be a lot more favorable in terms of the passing game. If it were, you know, a monsoon, like I think a lot of us maybe were expecting, then yeah, I would agree with that perspective of how it's going to have to be one in the trenches. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers can get it done through the air. I would not be surprised at all because I think, honestly, that's what Jaden Daniels has to do to, one, keep this game competitive, and number two, win the ball game. That's where I kind of land on it. Bryce Young is good. He's not great. I don't even think he's, like, the best Alabama quarterback. And I saw a lot of people bring him up as a potential replacement for one, you know, getting for Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton with the Saints. I'm like, hell no. I don't want to touch an Alabama quarterback. Don't believe me? Go look at Mac Jones. Yes, Tua's gotten better, but I'm still not sold on Alabama quarterbacks translating well to the NFL. But that's a different conversation. We're talking about the game going on tonight. Not in T-Town, in Baton Rouge. Possibly one of the biggest ball games for Brian Kelly. And that brings me back to the crux of this segment. Is can Brian Kelly get that signature win? I think absolutely. And I am not an LSU fan, apologist, whatever. People who listen to this show for a long time know that whenever LSU gets it wrong, I come at them. People know when they hear this show, they know I'm going to always bob them on the head when needed. But I like what I've seen from LSU the last few weeks. I don't like what I'm seeing from Alabama. And sometimes a team that's looking better heading into a ball game, especially when you have two weeks to prep, that is absolutely massive to help out in terms of this kind of ball game. All right, it's under the dome with CD. Before we take a quick timeout, let me tell you, we got a chance for you to see Black Panther before it comes out. And you have a chance to do so just by texting Panther, P-A-N-T-H-E-R, to 337-283-8100, and you'll have a chance to be on the guest list for a private viewing next Thursday for Black Panther Wakanda Forever at the Celebrity Theaters in Broussard on November the 10th. Once again, text PANTHER to 337-283-8100 to win tickets to Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Brought to you by the game, Celebrity Theaters, and Sherman Insurance. We'll go ahead and take a quick timeout. When we come back, week 10 of high school football is in the books, and we need to get to what happened last night and what's on tap for the playoffs. Where do teams stand? Have certain teams in the area done enough to secure a bye? We'll be back with more after this on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You love sports. We love sports. My kids love sports. My mailman loves sports. That is, I assume he does. He has that look about him. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
The world-famous CD may be in his 30s, but he's still a kid at heart. (laughs) Now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear. With Under the Dome. With the world-famous CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Hopefully you're making it a good one in the middle of a dreary kind of Saturday morning. Hopefully that doesn't mean a lot of negativity here in the Acadiana area for the Louisiana Raging Cages. But I want to talk about what's going on in the prep world because obviously week 10 in the books we're starting to move forward to tomorrow's playoff bracket reveal. And to kind of break it down and see where certain teams land, we've got to go out to the game hotline right now and talk with Hunter Bauer, owner and founder of GoPreps.com. Hunter, how you doing, brother? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me on this morning. Well, I appreciate you coming on on a Saturday. First things first. Why don't you, for those that don't know about the new playoff system that's going on, the select, non-select, and how things kind of shake out, give us a quick explanation of what people can expect when those brackets are released tomorrow. Yeah, so, uh, you know, before the executive committee voted in June to reformat the playoffs, you had non-playoff brackets. Uh, You had five in the select division, which is uh, mostly made up of your private schools, magnet schools, charter schools, um, and you had four on the uh, non-select side, which are your traditional public schools. Uh, after the reformat, uh, that's dwindled down to eight. You have four uh, brackets on the non-select and four on the select side now. Uh, for the non-select, the top 28 teams uh, advance into the playoffs in each division. Uh, top four seeds get a first-round bye. And then on the select side, um, the, 24, the top 24 teams get into the playoffs in each division with the top eight receiving a first-round bye. Um, so it's, it's basically just condensed uh, a lot of teams into uh, uh, these four divisions on each side. You may have teams from different classifications uh, playing in the same division. For instance, uh, in non-slate Division One, uh, you have Neville, who's in Class 4A, uh, competing with the 5A schools and, and things like that. So just trying to... Uh, uh, provide some parity uh, within the in, within the association and, and try to, um, you know, get less 70 to nothing first-round football games, Clint. So uh, uh, just trying to, uh, you know, make it more level in the level playing field. And uh, I promise you this, I think you're going to get a lot uh, better football games this year. I would hope so, you know, because you think about everything that they this like league has had to deal with over the last few years with select, non-select, and it feels like we're getting another step closer towards maybe both sides reuniting. And I like what we're seeing with the way this is set up, especially now with the running clock where it's after your team's up 42, that game is just going to fly by and it feels relatively pointless. Now you're going to get some seemingly more competitive ball games. So I think this is the right way to go about it if we – stay this course that we're in right now yeah no doubt we you know this format is uh, and there's some people that disagree but uh this format is a lot better than what we had um the last you know 10 years uh since the original split um you know you've had first round second round games where you know teams were getting beat 70 and nothing driving four or five hours and uh i i don't you know 
you'll you always have some blowout games, uh, no matter what playoffs you, you compete in. Uh, but I think you're going to see less of that. I actually think you're going to get a lot better uh, matchups starting in the second round as opposed to the third and fourth rounds uh, in years past. So, um, but but for real, you know, if, if and especially if you look in that that select Division One that has the the Cadianas and the John Curtises and the and the and the cars. I mean, you literally have a, uh, a state championship-type matchup uh, each week leading up to the Superdome. Speaking of Acadia and a high, the Reckon Rams had a whale of a ball game last night against the Bar Buccaneers, eking out a win to wrap up the regular season. Did they do enough in your mind to secure that bye week? And based on what you've seen with the PowerPoint ratings, are they because they were on the bubble heading into Week 10, are they still on the bubble? Or have they secured enough? Yeah, as of right now, they are uh, right outside of the bubble at the number nine position. So they would uh, actually have to play uh, next week against the 24th seed. But I will say this, um, you know, everything that we do, we try to be as accurate as we can. But the official power ratings come down from the LHSA on Sunday morning. Um, But according to our projections and what we have, as of right now, Acadiana would be number nine. And it's funny because Karen Crow would actually get that last uh, spot in the top eight. They would be number eight as of right now and get a first-round bye. Wow, that's going to certainly make things interesting to see how things shake out there, especially when you think about the fact that Acadiana does hold a tiebreaker over Karen Crow. If we're kind of going into that kind of analysis, obviously Acadiana does have three losses, but they beat Karen Crow, but Karen Crow, because they week 10 bye, didn't lose or gain power points, so they could – just be skipping out the first round. And, uh, you know, what makes it more interesting is the eight and nine seed actually play in the second round. So if Acadiana were to win that first round, uh, they would actually end up playing Karen Crow uh, in the in the regional round, which would make for a great matchup. Oh, those are always great matchups. And looking at some of the other mat- some of the other teams in the Acadiana area, I think one team in particular has to be Southside. Obviously, they are set up very nicely to be in a first-round bye. But how far do you think this team has the potential to go? Because they've got to deal with the powerhouses of powerhouses like Neville, Rustin, Zachary, even a program like Westgate that's relatively down compared to what they were a year ago. But the Division One bracket is going to be extremely tough. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, our projections of, as of right now have Southside uh, at the number four seed, which would draw a, um, a first-round bye. But looking at their pod, um, if everything shakes out the way it looks right now, uh, they would actually have uh, Zachary uh, if they were to advance to the quarterfinal round, and then they would have to take up with Rustin if Rustin were to make it all the way to the semifinal. So, again, just goes to show you the strength of what these brackets look like now. I mean, you've got a Zachary and a Rustin that you'll be uh, competing against. But, you know, you, you, you never know, Clint, because Zachary, a lot of people had them pegged to be Catholic and actually had Catholic down the other night, uh, and, and Catholic came back to win. So I really do think it's, it's more of a free-for-all, especially once you get deep down into that bracket. And, uh, you know, a lot of these teams, if they're not healthy, if they're banged up, you know, all it takes is a little luck to get into, uh, uh, well, not only luck. It does take a lot of hard work and, and preparation, but uh, a little luck could go a long way. Talking right now with Hunter Bauer, owner and founder of GoPreps.com. 
And one of the big things that I'm just seeing right now, Hunter, is how stacked a lot of these – br- we brought up earlier how much of a balance there is. Which division has the most intrigue to you as we are on the, on the eve of the playoff reveal? Oh, man. You know, just – you know, right now looking through all of them, every, you know, everybody is, is, is strong. You know, look at that division four uh, bracket on the slight side. You know, you've got Vermillion Catholics who finished the season undefeated at 10-0. You know, they're sitting up there at number one. But, I mean, you've got Central Catholic, Washington Christian, St. Mary, St. Martins, uh, Glenbrook, Riverside, you know, that St. Frederick and Southern Loud. I mean, that's top nine in that division. Uh, talk about a very competitive group of teams that either one of either one of those nine teams, I think, is, uh, deserve, or could win a, a state championship. And then, you know, also you look at that division four, uh, excuse me, division two bracket, on the non-select side, that has uh, Opelousas right now at number three. Um, at, at, they finished the season nine and one, but they have the likes of Iowa, West Feliciana, North DeSoto, Carroll Lutcher, Church Point, Plaquemine, Leesville, Franklin Parish. I mean, Clint, seriously, this is uh, – I feel like these are the most exciting brackets we've had in years just because I think you don't have a clear favorite uh, in some of these brackets that you can just peg and say, oh, yeah, they've got it. It doesn't matter who they play. Uh, it, that could certainly go for a hit in the car in that Division One select bracket. But in these other ones, I mean, I really do think it's a free-for-all, and uh, that state championship's up for grabs this year. It's it's definitely a no-holds-bar. But you brought up Opelousas. Last night, they absolutely mollywopped yeah. Beauchene, beat them hob, hobnail boot style. I think it was, what, 88-6? to six? Yep. That, that, that's insane. I mean, but then again, I wound up seeing last night IMG Academy beat them a uh, – I yeah. guess Bishop Sycamore part two, nothing. and they called it at halftime. Yeah, insane. That would have been a first round uh, playoff score a couple <laughs> years ago in the LHSA. Oh, exa- exactly. That's why I'm loving the fact that we are kind of moving away from that. I would love to see that more if, in the event that we see these two thing teams, these two divisions, excuse me, kind of get back together. I would love for them there to be a situation where there are some bye weeks in there because I think that's going to make the competition better in the in the playoffs a lot more interesting because let's be honest like until you get to the quarterfinals a lot of people it's kind of a snooze fest in, in recent years but I think this year it's going to be a lot more interesting because there are teams playing against relatively like the good teams playing against rel- relatively good teams and then the great teams are waiting on the horizon yeah, no doubt. Um, and like I said, this is, uh, I, you know, again, you're, you're always going to have a, a blowout or two um, in those opening rounds. Um, it's just the way it falls. But this year, I really do think you're going to have um, those, those quality matchups in the first and second round that you may not have gotten until maybe the quarterfinal or semifinal round in years past. Um, just the, uh, the, the way that they have kind of mingled these uh, – uh, teams from different classifications in with each other. I'm I'm interested to see what a what a Neville does in a in a class 5A and and you know in that and also in that division um, that that division three where you have like the Nannies and the Union Parishes and the Bogalusas and the Amies. Uh It's going to be interesting to see you know how that plays out because I know numbers do play into that as far as uh, enrollment and and, and team size. Uh, but again, when you have say, like a team like Manny, who just knows how to win, knows how to win these situations. I mean, if they go up against a really good 3A team, never know what could happen. I think that's what's going to create those fireworks, those sparks, uh, 
I, I really do think people are going to see the light after this year and say, hey, look, if we can't have everybody together, uh, we may need to tweak a couple things, but this is the next best thing to, to coming back together. I'd agree with you, especially like when you look at Division One alone, Like I feel like that's the way this is going to be. But Division Two, I think that's probably going to be, in my mind, the most interesting division just because I think you've got St. Thomas More and a very good Turlings team, one and two, yeah. which to a certain extent feels like the division, like the first year or so, first couple of years of Division Two were St. Thomas More, Turlings, Dallas out right behind them. But then you got Lafayette Christian Academy, who has been on a tear of winning state championships. They're in the six hole. This is going to be a fun, that's going to be a fun bracket to see how all that goes down over there. Yeah, no doubt. And then you also have Madison Prep that sits at number eight as well. And, you know, they've been uh, to state championship uh, uh, games in the last couple of years. And then, you know, uh, not everybody has talked about them because they have, uh, they, they've struggled in the last couple of years. But, you know, you've got Evangel down there that, you know, could possibly beat any given team. Uh, on a Friday night, and uh, then you have, like, your Carvers and your Landry's um, and then the Booker T. Washington's down in New Orleans. I mean, seriously, this is just going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because you got all these teams that really have never really played each other before. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, it's going to create interesting matchups that you may not have been able to see uh, under the old format or maybe if, uh, uh, if teams were combined. So, uh, I'm just uh, I'm anxious to see how everything plays out, especially as we get to the quarterfinal, semifinal rounds, and see who's left. I'm excited for it. Once those brackets are revealed tomorrow, that's gonna be a little bit before noon when they reveal those brackets, right? Yeah. So actually, I was going to give everybody a disclaimer. Um, although we, we again we try to be really accurate with our uh, power ratings on Go Preps. Again, the LHSAA has the final say. So they'll release a power rating report. I think sometime early tomorrow morning for teams to look over. If there are no appeals, uh, the LHSAA live app is where they will uh, reveal the brackets at 10 a.m. tomorrow, and then I think a little later on on the website. So, again, uh, you know, if you want to kind of get a taste of what if the brackets may look like, go to gopress.com. Uh, we'll have them updated throughout the day. There's still some Saturday games to be played. So we'll try to have them updated tonight. But the official power ratings and brackets come out uh, around 10 a.m. tomorrow uh, on the LHSAA live app. Hunter, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and more importantly, enjoy the postseason, my man. All right, Clint. Thank you so much for having us on today. Y'all have a good day. All right, that was Hunter Bauer. Appreciate him coming on the program. Again, founder of Go Preps L.A., the dude absolutely just covers this state like a blanket and to a certain extent gets the information pretty accurately when it comes to these PowerPoint ratings. But that's crazy to think that the fact you have Karakroot, which has a better win-loss record, probably has some quality PowerPoints and a quality loss in Acadian High, that's wild to think that they would claim the last spot and Acadiana will be on the outside looking in. And if that is the case, then Acadiana will be playing here on 97.7 Me TV FM and 1330 AM, one of our sister stations. So make sure you're aware of that. If you want to listen to all the great action of high school football, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, and all of our sister stations here at Delta Media have you covered. Before we take a quick timeout, 
Speaking of great sports and sister stations, World Series Game 6. They're looking to claim the title tonight at Minute Maid Park. You can listen to every single pitch, clutch hit, and if they win, you are going to hear a celebration unlike any other. I'm telling you, Game 6 or 7 of a World Series and you have a celebration where the Astros are popping champagne, drinking beer, that is a highlight. Steve Sparks in the clubhouse. It's definitely a entertaining thing. So make sure after LSU's done, flip it over to the big ball game on News Talk 98.5 and 1520 AM. If you want to listen to the whole game, pregame, Astro launch at 630, first pitch set for 703, and you can hear all the action live on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 and 1520 AM, the talk of Acadiana. We'll be back after this wrap of the hour. Talk about those Louisiana Raging Cajuns must win ball game tonight. Get to that next here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. This is Raging Cajun legend Jake DeLome, and you're listening to the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, man, I'm craving a B-dubs chicken sandwich right now. Ooh, okay, you should try a bird dog. Uh, what's a bird dog? Okay, it's like a grown-up chicken tender. A hand-breaded chicken tendy and a toasted brioche bun topped with adult stuff like beer cheese, grilled onions, and wild honey mustard. Oh, nice. Is there beer in beer cheese? <laughs> yeah, of course there is. Hey, think they'll card us? All new bird dogs at Buffalo Wild Wings for the greatest of all times. Hi, it's RP3 with The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. This year, we've teamed up with our friends at Service Chevrolet Cadillac for the Eyes on the Road campaign. While cell phone use still remains the highest in distracted driving, there are other distractions to be aware of, such as GPS screens, eating, drinking, reaching down, or turning around. Anything that takes your eyes and even your mind off the road for a second can lead to an accident. Eyes on the Road, Acadiana, from The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, and Service Chevrolet Cadillac. I'm Terry Mitchell. I'm the director for Workforce Board 83. I've been here 32 years. We offer career counseling, learn while you earn, on-the-job training, work experience opportunities, and apprenticeship. Top-notch A1 staff. They're professional and they're here ready to help. They want to see individuals succeed. We're here to get you back to work, Louisiana. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-368-5184. 800-368-5184. 800-368-5184. 800-368-5184. 
Time for you to visit the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Here's what you could score. Right now, in the Game Clubhouse, you can score a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou. From game and concert tickets to restaurant gift certificates, you can score big by joining the Game Clubhouse. Go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. After all your problems during the week, it's finally the weekend. Yeah, baby! That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. That means you're getting more Under the Dome with CD right now on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD. Wrapping up our number one real quickly. Talk about what's going on with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. They have a crucial two-game stretch to wrap up their home slate this season. Have a game today, and then they play on Thursday night against Georgia Southern. Kickoff for that game is at 6.30. Tonight's ball game is going to be kicking off around 4 o'clock. So... When it comes to the Cajuns, this is absolutely a must-win if they want to secure a bowl berth. I think New Orleans Bowl, as of right now, feels out of the question. I feel like that's going to go to Coastal Carolina, Troy. They've got to win this game to have a chance of getting to the championship game because South Alabama, don't look now. South Alabama is looking to secure that back today when they play Georgia Southern. Because if Troy loses that game, yes, I mean, if Troy wins this game, I think they clinch the Sun Belt West without a doubt. South out wins and Troy loses, I think it still is a little bit more up in the air, but Troy does hold the tiebreaker. It all depends how everything else goes in the Sun Belt West division. But Troy has a chance to really set itself up nicely. Now, when it comes to this ball game, I think the Cajuns have to get it done through the air. It's going to be tough, especially with the way the weather has been today. Around kickoff, a lot like LSU where I was seeing 6%. I was seeing this morning that the percent chance of rain will go down significantly around 4 o'clock today. So I think in terms of weather-wise, you should be in the clear. And, you know, I'm no meteorologist, but a 15% chance of rain – one five, not five oh, like it is right now. It's it's pouring down right now, but closer to kickoff, it's going to let up and it'll largely be just a cloudy night. And I definitely would recommend bringing a jacket because it is getting a little bit cooler outside. And honestly, I'm all the way here for that. Got a big loaded hour number two coming your way. Gonna have on AJ Spur from Roll Tide Wire. We're going to talk about what's going on with the LSU-Alabama ball game and get his perspective on what's happening with the Crimson Tide heading into a massive ball game that we'll have on, of course, Ross Jackson at 1030. We're going to talk about the New Orleans Saints, what happened with that Raiders win, where the hell has that team been? And also, we're going to talk about the big ball game they got going on Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. And if you want to hang out with our good friends at Miguez and Mesh, they'll be out at Twin Peaks on Johnston 
Monday night and broadcasting live with a special edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh from 4 to 6. So go hang out with the fellas. Enjoy the ice-cold beverages and the tasty burgers. And when I say ice-cold, I'm talking teeth-chattering 29-degree brews. This Monday night, as the Saints take on the Baltimore Ravens. So make sure this Monday, crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. And then after that, you can go hang out with them and watch the game with the Saints and Ravens, which we'll talk about more in our number two. And it's all at Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. We'll talk about that big game with our guy Ross Jackson at 1030. Also getting some more of the betting side of things to open up our number two. We'll be back after this on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And guess what? We are also your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers. A big game tonight. We'll talk about that and more from the betting perspective next.